welcome to Dreams and Bones, the podcast designed to help us all learn more about practicing the art of creative living. My name is Carol Willem Roberts. And I'm her husband, Paul. And we are the creators of Grow Me a Story. Our website dedicated to the idea that everyone's creative. And inch by inch, row by row, we want to help you grow the creative dreams and bones in your life through conversation with other creatives. As your creativity cultivators, Paul and I are excited to bring you another guest here in 2022 to talk with us about the joy and meaning that comes from practicing the art of creative living. Today is the final episode of our four-part interview with my baby sister Lori in her home down in Meridian, Idaho. We start today's episode where we left off last week with a discussion of the value of daily journaling for any creatives out there listening, a tool we refer to as sowing seed. And at the end of this episode, we give you a brief taste of some of the bonus material, an impromptu moment with Lori telling stories from her piano. Here we go with episode four of the Dreams and Bones podcast interview with Lori I know with the morning pages, you know, Julia Cameron says, write, write three pages. But pages can be anything. I, with the group of people I, last fall I worked with, one lady didn't like to write, so she got a little notebook. And some people liked writing in the morning. Some people liked writing later. They were more productive. For me, that three pages, not so much anymore, but it, it, for me it was, I liked that. I liked that, okay, it's three pages, and this is what I do, and, and that's what kind of gets me going. And Yeah. When you said, um, I want to write down my stories, and as you say that, I'm thinking, you know, is that the right medium for you to archive your stories? Because you say, you know, you're, you feed off the audience. It's mm-hmm. like, why not tape them? Why not audio yes. do, you know, yeah. and have them in that way instead of thinking, gosh, how should I, you know, how should I write them down? Because it almost seems like just as you're talking, it's like, I'm not sure that's the right. I'm not sure you can get the essence of them by writing them down. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to have be so frustrated by trying to get that, right. that, you know, maybe someone else needs to write them down. Maybe it's mm-hmm. something someone needs to tell your stories. Yes. But I think for you to archive what you're doing, you need to do it in a more, either the audio, you know, just taping them or doing them, you know, like a TED Talk, yes. you know, I, and, and focus on that instead of, and then you have them. And then if you want someone, maybe later, or you get to the point, then you have them and you can trans, you know, write yes, them down in a that's book. That's good. Yeah. I have tried writing some of my most common stories down and I've had some success at feeling like well at least I've captured it mm-hmm. um, but you're right I would like recordings and I have recordings of some my most famous story of, of meeting the poet um, mm-hmm. Taylor mm-hmm. Molly uh, I three four, three and a half four years ago I when it was Taylor Molly day where I tell it to each class mm-hmm. I had a student record me telling it mm-hmm. oh. and I sent it to my friend Taylor Molly the poet in New York City because he had heard me say enough that I'd tell his story, and he said, I want to hear it. Yeah, yeah. And which brings me to another subject, which is, you know, Taylor Molly is a, he was a teacher, he is a poet, he knows how stories work, but even with Taylor, I felt compelled to make the disclaimer, I'm telling a story that you're in, 
you and I both know how memory works. Mm-hmm. This is how I remember it. Yeah. And if it's not how you remember it, that's cool too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's one of the things from Bruce Ballinger's class that I that I had never really thought about before is if you start telling your story, somebody's going to say that's not how it happened, or if they I think are more aware, they will say that's not how I remember it. Mm-hmm. But we know enough about human memory. Mm-hmm. that um, it's a little scary to tell stories that involve other people mm-hmm. because none of us are going to remember it the same. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean I'm dishonest. No. doesn't mean I'm making it up. In fact, as much as anything, story is that synthesis mm-hmm. of what happened, how I remember it, and what's happened since that has evolved how I remember it and so it has Mm -hmm. been colored by any number of things and there's a tiny bit when you talk about barriers there's a tiny bit in me that is afraid of developing an audience and then getting that sort of we live in that you know social media world where people might push back and say that's not how that happened and Mm -hmm. I've tried to begin to steel myself against that idea of it's okay Mm -hmm. it's okay and hopefully most people are learning that memory is an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't make you a dishonest person. It does make you a storyteller. Mm-hmm. You know, I think, I think this came up in maybe the discussion of the Walking on Water book. Because we were talking. Because Madeline Lingo, you know, has a whole time thing. And how, you know, there's Kronos time and there's Kairos time. And, but what someone through that said, um, you are... When you tell a story, every age you were is part of that story. Oh, that's good. You know, so if you're telling a story about when you were seven years old or four or five being with your mom, but yet you're telling it through the lens of between five and 58. Right. And and it is. I mean, and, and so many things have happened in that time that add to that story. And, you know, I mean, learning that there's harmony. You know, and learning what this was. And, right. and so I think, you know, as we're as you share your stories, and hopefully most people at this point are there, I think people are getting a little more sophisticated about memoir. About right. memoir isn't just an autobiography. I mean right. you take a portion of your story, your life, and you focus on that. Right. And you know, it it takes me back to when um, you know, my brother and sister and I used to do our little sibling assignments and you know, we would all take a memory, but it's like, but if we all, you know, me being so much younger and them being male and female, I mean, it was a totally, it was one event, but it was a totally different view yes. from all of us. And I, and to me, I love that. I mean, I love that, um, that you can see through different lenses, what, how people saw different things. Yes. And one of the people in our group is working on this. Um, it's like, a. When they were growing up, they had certain foods that they they fixed. And she wants to write, put just a gift book for family members where it's like the food and maybe the recipe and then a story. But that was her hang up. She's like, but what if I tell my story and people say, no, no, that's, you know, and we kind of told her, well, when you give it to them, say, this is my story. Yes. Maybe it's not your story. But what I want it to do is then have us have a conversation about this story right. and about this food and to kind of, and then you can tell your story as we're sitting around eating this food. And so, so yeah, I think it's, you know, you just, um, you just tell your story and people just need to realize this is, 
Yeah. This is it. This is it. Yeah. You know, another thing I feel like as you were going through most many of the things that you talked about, a lot of the things were um, things don't happen instantaneously. You work on things, you yes. know, things and you, you know, you worked on the harmony for a while. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you worked on. Um, well, your storytelling, I mean, all those different things. And I think that's something that people need to realize is that it doesn't boom happen. Even if you can sit down at a piano and play, there's still a lot that goes into that. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, even even the emotional ability to be able to play something in front of people. I mean, yes. you know, and, and, you know, I've become a fan, I think, you know, all of us of, you know, those documentaries about performers and people... And you, and you listen to them and all of them, you know, they put in the work, they right. put in the time and they weren't just these overnight sensations, even though sometimes it seems like it, but they all, a lot of them grew up singing in church or they grew up, you know, or they did years and years of playing together. And then, and then they could finally, like you said, right. they could kind of get out of the way because they were good enough that they could just almost have fun with it. I've had students over the years who resisted the idea of doing a a quick write or a, you know, I want you to write, I'm going to give you a prompt or you can write about whatever you want. And I've had students and and even other adults in my life say, I can't write on demand. And sometimes what I've wanted to say is you can, and sometimes I think you should try to Mm -hmm. and see what happens. Mm -hmm. Just see what happens Mm -hmm. because there is a discipline to most creative Mm -hmm. acts. Mm -hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda spent a year writing one song. Mm-hmm. And he is an amazing, I think he's a genius. Mm-hmm. I think what I he really has is an amazing God-given gift. And yet it took him a year to write that song. That song is not worse because he revised <laughs> and revised and right. revised and revised. That song is better yeah. because he did that. And mm-hmm. I do think we sometimes as creators let ourselves off the hook. Mm-hmm. And we mm-hmm. had that great moment of creativity, but then we don't take the time to dig into it. Yeah. I And I know that going back to the idea of me finding the discipline of writing every day, I know that some days I'm not going to feel inspired at all. But what I have also discovered is that sometimes it's in the going back and reading what I wrote three weeks ago mm-hmm. that I discover the nugget. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. I actually like what I said there. And mm-hmm. I like... How I said it. Are you starting or currently working on a creative project but don't know what to do next? Do you need someone to talk to? Someone who will give you feedback and tools to get your creativity back on track. This is what Grow Me a Story is all about. Paul and Carol Woolen Roberts, your creativity cultivators, will help you start, continue, or complete creative projects, big or small. Visit www.growmeastory.com to learn how Paul and Carol can help. Now, back to Dreams and Bones. I did a, I had an opportunity four years ago to give a keynote speech, which had been a big dream of mine. And there was, I am not used to memorizing when I give talks, when I give sermons, when I give messages. I'm not used to memorizing those things. I've always been more, a little bit more of a informal, informal outline. Mm-hmm. But there was a five minute section of it 
that I never could say as well off the cuff mm. as I had originally written it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I memorized, of the 30-minute keynote, I memorized five minutes of it because the language I originally wrote it in was the best version I yeah. had of it. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I made myself do the work of really learning to say it with those words. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, that makes a difference. I know I used to say to my speech kids that that the best speech I I ever gave was one that, that I scripted, wrote the entire thing out, and which was not my, my normal procedure. And it was at Kurt Wollum's memorial service. And I knew I wanted to make him laugh and I knew I wanted to make him cry and I wanted to be in control of that and scripted that out. And that was a eye-opening sort of experience to go, okay, because there is, there's a wonderful thrill of being, of, of up there and being in the flow and things are moving well yeah. and, and you're semi-winging it. And yet to have, to have that selection, to have it memorized and be able to work your way through that is, there's, those are very different, both very rewarding. Right. And important to understand that. Yeah. I think it's important to not necessarily decide I can only be creative when, or I can only be creative yes. if. Mm -hmm. Yes. I want to be open to different ways, and I don't want to ever tell myself I can only be creative if. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, I know. With um, That's good. you know, yeah. growing up, because and I and I've actually had a lot of conversations about this in the last few days about um kind of the type of creative person I am. And I feel like I, when I was younger, a teacher would give me something and color this. Well, I just colored quick. I didn't care if I was in the lines. And I just wanted to color it and move on to the next thing. Well, that wasn't good. I mean, you know, you were that, at that point, it was like, no, you need to, you know, that's messy. That's, you know, slow down, you know. And then I look at myself now and it's like, that's the way I operate in a way. It's like, I like to just do something and then, um, and I don't, I'm not really meticulous a lot of times when I do something and, and then I like to go on to the next thing. And so I think in my head, I convince myself, oh, I can't do art, you know, because, you know, and you try and draw things, you know, stick figures because I couldn't draw people or, and, um, and then I don't know how many years ago it was, I started doing pottery and and kind of working in that type of art and it was like wow i really like doing that and and then you know even going to those you know sip and paint things or whatever you know where you were painting the thing and it was like well, i can do this and 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 then just playing around and now that's kind of my fun time is trying something different you know i'm not doing this for anyone i'm not getting critiqued i'm not getting i'm just doing it for fun and that's my kind of play creative time now is oh well, let me see if I can do this. And, oh, yeah, that looks okay. And and then, okay, well, I'll move on. But I've done that my whole life. I mean, real, just trying different things. And But yet there's some things that I've sustained. I mean, I've I've been a writer forever. I've, you know, theater work, mm -hmm. performing, that kind of stuff. You know, that's been a long haul kind of thing that's been added, you know, that's, that's improved mm -hmm. over the years. But, yeah, it's kind of interesting. And it's kind of fun to... I think being at, at this point and, um, and just liking 
to try different things. Mm-hmm. And it's okay. And if I don't like doing it, okay, well, I'll move on to something else. And and Or if I do want it, but I don't think I'm that great, okay, well, maybe I need to put in a little more time. Like I took a watercolor class a couple summers ago, and I really did like it. But, it, but I don't have a, a natural inclination to do it. I mean, I would have to really work at doing that well, but I really enjoyed it, you know. Yeah. Well, we are well over an hour. We are going to take a short break, and when we come back, our sound may be a little bit different because we're going to go set up some other mics in at the piano and see what happens with this and have have Lori play and sing a little bit for us. She already sang earlier. Uh, what was the... Nothing could be finer. Yes. That was the one Mom shared yesterday when I was interviewing her. She that was <laughs> she said that was your song. So anyway, we uh, we will uh, continue with this in just a, a few moments, or maybe it'll be next week. <laughs> so what do you do? You want me to sing and play, or do you want to just sure, do sing get and levels? Play, or let's just see, we're we're checking levels here, finding out what things are like. He's my shelter in the pouring rain He's my shoulder in the times of pain I could get closer or further away I think you're okay He's my quiet in the wind and waves He is my home Every time I'm weak, He is strong. Every time I call, He will come. Every time I'm lost, He is always there to bring me home. He's my shelter in pouring rain. brings us to the end of part four of our four-part interview with Lori Roberts. I enjoyed her music at the end of this episode, and you'll hear a little bit more in our bonus material. Another thing that if you enjoy her music, we will have some links to how you can find her music. Lori's made a few different CDs, and we will have some information on our Facebook page and in our Instagram page about how you can find Lori's music. That will be just great as we bring this episode to a close. We'd like to remind our Sacred Community Guard members that soon they will have access to podcast bonus material from some of our past interviews along with all of the bonus material from the Lori Roberts June podcast. If you have found us and you're not a member but you want to know more about Dreams and Bones, along with that bonus material, go to www.growmeastory.com where you can find out more about practicing the art of creative living with your hosts, Paul and Carol Willem Roberts. Join us next Friday for another fascinating conversation with one of our favorite creatives on your Dreams and Bones podcast.